Welcome to episode 140. I am your host, Gail M. Davis, and this is Design Perspectives. Welcome to the Design Perspectives podcast. I am your host, Gail Davis. I will talk all things design from expectation to reality, from what to expect when working with designers as well as the trades. And from time to time, current events will seep their way into the conversation. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and listen. Good morning and welcome back. I am so excited to have you here as a listener. Um, Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Today's guest is Jennifer Walter of Folding Chair Design. She's out of Baltimore. She's an amazing designer who went from web development to prop styling for anthropology to having a strong design firm in the area and just amazing with what she does. We talk about... um, you know, growing the business. We discuss her being shy when it came to seeing her value. Um, and that eventually she, you know, you also learn to to not take on just anybody anymore as you are growing your business. We discuss hiring the right people who add value to the company. And um, yeah, so there's a lot. We, oh, the, the one thing that I really did love, well, not the one, there's several. Um, local magazines keep her pipeline busy and that's so funny because so many of us are always trying to get into you know um national magazines and poo-pooing local but listen if you can parlay the local magazine into keeping your pipeline full you should really pay attention to it and look into it um just interesting because i'm always on the fence about local magazines, I'm not gonna lie. Only because I look and what I see, I'm just like, that's not really strong design. And I know that sounds really not nice to say, but you know, there's design and then there's design that is like life-changing. It grabs your soul and it just makes you a better person. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation. And I tell you, please make sure you follow her folding chair design. She's absolutely amazing. And she is a friend in my head and I can't wait to meet her in person. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your time. I know how busy your schedule is. I adore you. How are you today? (laughs) I adore you. We feel like old friends. We really do. So it sort of happens in this industry, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Like you, you find your people, your tribe, and you're like, okay, these, this is who I'm supposed to be with. This is who I'm supposed right. to be around. First yeah. and foremost, I love that your business is not named after you. I mm-hmm. love the name Folding Chair Design. Mm-hmm. I love your work. It is absolutely beautiful. Tell me how you got started, please. Sure. I was in web development for many years, and which is an interesting uh, segue to design, but I, I did work on the design side of gaming and 
uh, web development. And on the side, I uh, when I first moved to California, I I left with no money, and I did prop styling for anthropology. Wow. And then I started freelancing and prop styling for different magazines uh, because somebody saw my work in anthropology, and um, I I just transitioned that into doing some freelance work here and there, but I worked full-time in web development. Then when I had my children, I was commuting back and forth to California and um, it became a lot and I wasn't sure what to do. And um, I started taking classes online for interior design and tried to learn SketchUp and all of that good stuff. And then I just started working in my neighborhood like a lot of people do and (laughs) while I was learning and, you know, 10, 12 years later, here I am, <laughs> still with it, uh, still learning, still doing a lot of that. But that's um, that's kind of where I I, I started. I, and I did web, uh, I'm sorry, wedding styling and wedding invitations for quite a bit of time. So people wow. were asking me to do their homes after I'd done invitations <laughs> and some wedding styling and things like that. So I sort of just did a lot of different stuff for a while until I landed in this full time. <laughs> As a lot of people do, I think. No, I mean, listen, I feel like everybody kind of trips into this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, either you were born into it and it's like, oh, it was passed on by my parents or my father or my mother, or you somehow stumble into it from another career, which I find right. fascinating. Um, listen, I, I, I have so much to say prop styling for anthropology what was that like and that is such a good like that helps you in your design especially when you're shooting like when after your project is done oh my god how'd you get that well it's so funny because when i moved to california i my sister actually worked for anthropology and i got a job wrapping gifts (laughs) (laughs) um, while i was trying to figure out what to do and make money and i uh, then my sister actually moved away from california and i worked with a friend of mine that was in fashion and she actually got me a job in a different store in you know in santa monica california and just doing with with someone that also worked at the anthropology where i work so i met her we teamed up and we did a few projects in because anthropology gives you a lot of um uh, freedom in terms of merchandising. So I worked with her as, really as an assistant and we did some really cool things and someone saw it, you know, like a prop stylist that my friend worked with saw it and it was just dumb luck that I ended up getting a couple of other jobs because of that one thing. But for mm-hmm. the most part, I started just, you know, wrapping people up and working in the <laughs> dressing room and, you know, wrapping gifts. So it was crazy that that ended up happening way after the fact but um yeah and that just led to other things and photo shoots and you know la has a lot of you know it's a little bit more prevalent there in terms of prom styling and opportunities to do that kind of thing so that's that's where it all started where my passion began i guess okay and so how does uh, sorry i'm losing my train of thought because there's so many questions that are swirling around and i'm looking at i'm like i want to ask her so much Finding your clients now, I just want to change gears here. How do your clients, how have they found you? Because, you know, how we start is not how we finish. When we start, we take anything, everything, everyone. Yes. And then as we start getting flogged in the process by these clients, we Mm -hmm. decide this one's not for me. Mm 
Right. How did you find your your people, your your clientele? And what, what made um, you say, this is what the, I don't want this anymore. I, I knew exactly like, this is my clientele, what I want to work with. Yes. Well, I, I started doing everything and, and anything <laughs> when I first started <laughs> because I felt green. I didn't, I wasn't sure if it was for me. And I, I just would go to neighbors and friends and that kind of thing, kind of like a lot of people start. Mm-hmm. Then, um, I mean, still Baltimore is a small town right so um word of mouth even years later is still the most um pr- pretty much how i get most of my business so uh, either really? repeat clients which are, we have a lot um or just word of mouth in in just different areas so in even finding an interior designer in this area is is a little bit easier because it's not like being in los angeles or something like that where they're you're just overloading it's a lot easier to see people's work even um you just peer, appear in publications locally mm-hmm. with all the things that we do we try it's like everyone's desires that oh, i want to be in the uh, you know in this magazine or whatever <laughs> when i've been in local publications that has worked out the best for us because it's local people looking at it right it's uh, no one cares right in the national publication necessarily that i did this right but when you show up in a in a you know a metro area uh-huh. publication a lot of people see it and reach out and then they say i loved your work or i saw this um but still mostly word of mouth um and we've been busy and so it's great that that still works and i think for a lot of the designers it is that way um, yeah that you're still getting work from past clients and and just people telling other people and builders and subs you know we treat them very well mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'd like to think that that's why they recommend us to to their you know clients that are unrelated to us in some way well i love that um i have a client in potomac and i drive down often and there is mm-hmm. a lot of building in like the Baltimore, the DMV area. And I think that is a gold mine for any, if you're a designer and live in that area to link up with a builder. Yes. Like that's just, that's just easy. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. it just, it just helps because then now you're not chasing so much. Well, it's a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I mean, I worked with a builder a couple of years ago and actually it was a friend of mine who I did work for. I got hooked up with the builder and then we have referred work back and forth several times. I adore them. I love working with them. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, so the feeling hopefully is mutual um, <laughs> and we've given each other and gotten a lot of work. I mean, and that's another testament to how you treat people in this business. True. And, you know, if you treat each other well, you're you're definitely going to give each other business. And, and that's been a, a big component of us growing, I think. Um, so you never know who you're going to, you know, pass on the way up or the way down. So oh, this is true. Watch out on the way down, girl. Watch out on the way down. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> like... I'm always like, just just be kind. Just bite your tongue at some things. But, you know, you'll, yes. you'll be okay. You'll be okay. I want to talk about a few of your projects because they are absolutely stunning. Um, what? Tell me about Weatherby. How did that come about? And am I pronouncing it? Yeah, I know how to sound, make words. Weatherby. <laughs> how was Weatherby? Um, so Weatherby is actually my house. <laughs> <gasps> really? It's interesting that you chose that one. Um, because I love the colors. That dining room. Okay, I'm coming over just to eat in the dining room. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not my. No, house. no, no, no. Weatherby is um. No, Weatherby is uh, no. Weatherby is a black dining room. It looks like it's black from what I can see. I just love the orange drapery. It looks like it's velvet. It's just beautiful in the uh, dining room. 
you're like me. Yes. I'm just like, I don't know what project are we talking about? Yes. Oh, actually, okay. So if you are talking about that one, that is, that is my house. I put it up. I, the funny thing is I've never really posted many pictures of my own house. And a year ago we were shooting something for, for something else. Um, and uh, I ended up putting it on the site uh, just under its name because that's what I do for every street. Um, and the funny thing is it's uh, the reason why I was, I didn't know initially that it was my house is that I live on a different street. The name of my street is a different street, but I did someone else's <laughs> on my street and I took the name. So, um, but the dining room, the interesting thing about that space is that dining room was my living room. Initially, I live in a colonial um, and uh, that was the formal living room. And then my dining room is to the right, uh, right beside the kitchen, but we never used the dining room. <laughs> so I switched it. So it wasn't so close to the kitchen. And, you know, we turned that into a TV room. So the formal dining room is, I just wanted to feel really special because we weren't walking through it all the time. Mm -hmm. So I love painting black. It is, um, it's a great color. Uh, it's black magic, I think. Um, and, um, I love velvet drapes and I thought that orange would be a really nice contrast to the blackish gray walls. Mm -hmm. And I just also love natural objects. The, there's a big piece of driftwood on my dining table. That's almost five and a half feet long. And I sourced that from a man in ocean city, Maryland, who actually travels up and down the Eastern seaboard and collects driftwood from all different beaches from, really? from you know maryland down to north carolina and i go to see him every time i'm in ocean city and i buy all of his driftwood and i used it in my own home as well and i love that that piece um can't eat on the table when it's there but uh but i, I do love that piece and it, it feels like home because i have a lot of things that are important to me in my house and like portraits and vintage things and like the driftwood and things like that. So I'm a collector and I like to have a lot of eclectic things in my house. And that's that, that dining room is a, is a true reflection of, I think who I am as a person and a designer. Wow. Well, I also love the bathroom. I love the vanity. I love the artwork. I love the black tile in the shower. Mm -hmm. I, it's yes. just, what is so great about your design is that it pulls you in. I love design that when I look at it, um, like you feel like you're in the room mm -hmm. and you just feel safe. Yes. And that's yes. what I get from your design. Absolutely well, beautiful. the black tile is like, I love black. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't get to use black on with other people because it doesn't feel like a, a color, you know, oh, black, well, it's right. going to be so dark. Or, you know, white tile, you know, and, and um, I love it and I use it because I want people to do it. Um, and that bathroom, that's my girl's bathroom. That's my, my daughter's um a bathroom is in between both of their bedrooms mm -hmm. and the vanity is made. We make all 99% of all of our bathroom vanities. We make um, our carpenter makes them, we design them and that is a tiger wood. Uh, it's a really beautiful, uh, you know, wood tone. It has kind of like a swirly tiger print in it. Mm -hmm. um, so I had him make that for me as well, because of course it just felt like a reflection of of us and um i love the girls bathroom because it, it feels youthful and fun but it still feels you know elevated mm -hmm. um the artwork in there is from you know a local artist here in baltimore you know so i and i and there's so much diversity in baltimore and i feel like that's also in my home right so yes. 
I like to celebrate that in my own house. So, um, and the girls love it and they spend a lot of time in there because we renovated it. So they hated it before and they never wanted to be in the bathroom. But now we all, I always shower in there. Like it's the best shower in the house. <laughs> We all have we all have that room in the house where you're like, no, that's yeah, the best one. Yeah. That's that's really so good. That, that feels a lot like me as well. <laughs> oh my goodness, are your girls interested in design? No, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to think about that question and then then come back no, to me. <laughs> they're both very artistic in their own ways. My my older daughter's in high school and she's an amazing artist. So I always commission like, can you do something for a client? She's shy about it, but she always does pieces for me. And then my other daughter is super crafty, very the fine motor skills, just amazing. But they they don't have a ton of interest in this business, maybe because they see me working in it every day, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and lugging things around and being exhausted. So uh, they both are very artistic, but they don't have uh, an innate uh, interest in mm -hmm. in in the design world yet. You never know what might happen when they're older. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about growing your business. What has been, uh, name two things that have been very valuable or two lessons that have been very valuable growing I think, the business. Yeah, steady growth is probably, you know, something that's, I don't know, it's valuable and, and it's important, I think. Um, you know, it took a while for me to get into the groove, you know, understand how the business works, how to grow my business. I was shy about seeing my value. And, uh, once I realized that, and I, I, I mean, I learned from mistakes. I learned from clients. I learned from people that work for me, uh, just how to prioritize this as this is my career and my business and mm -hmm. not, it's not a hobby. You know, I do this full time and convincing clients, the value of our, of our services and what we provide to them. And also just taking that time to not want to be this, you know, I got into it and I need to grow and have followers and, and tons of clients and be in all of these markets. I, I never went into it thinking that I, I really just wanted to be the best that I could be. I still feel that way that every project is so important to me. It's, it's never just a job and I never take any job that I think is not going to like bring value to us. Oh, um, I love that. And, and you, it takes a couple of years in business to say that because I didn't think that right away, mm -hmm. but that, that's a huge takeaway. I think, you know, and it, it brings value to us. And I, I also think the people that you hire mm -hmm. when you're ready to hire is so important. Uh, the people that I've had work with for me either over the years or right now are uh, so unbelievably pivotal in, in our day-to-day -day operations and what they do is so specialized and I, I can't reward them enough for what they do and their commitment because it's not easy. And uh, I think about one of the girls that works in procurement for me, it's like every day she's just hearing bad news, you know, <laughs> or good news, you know, but it's like, it's not shipping. This is delayed. This got broke. I have to call them back. We, yes. All the back end yes of a business uh i don't think anyone does unless you're working in it but just what she does day to day to keep everything running and moving forward is i i couldn't do that by myself uh so and the other designers that work for me it's just it's they're they're so important they're so pivotal and just choosing the right people when you have people that are not performing and not um moving everything forward it it, it 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 could it takes a lot of time on your part as a business owner mm -hmm. and then and it could be detrimental to projects so the team is is so key 
No, you're absolutely right. I, you know, people get into this and we all think that we can do it all on our own. But when you are good at what you do and your business really starts picking up, you have to bring people on um, right. unless you make a conscious decision and go, you know what? I only want to work with uh, three people a year or like have three right. clients who have multiple properties. And for me, I'm like, I want clients to have multiple properties that, you know, I get the house and I do it over time. And right. I'm super fine with that. But you also have to bring people on because you can't do it all. And especially that procurement that will break you. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that procurement breaks you. I mean, just even I'm still waiting for a tub for a client right now. And they said four to six weeks. And I, I did my weekly touch base with my client. She's like, we're in week five. Any, any news? And I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. And I don't want to be flip about it, but I was like, we're, I know COVID is still here, but it's not like it was when it was, you know, intense. But they're still recovering. This industry is still like trying to bounce back. To and there's so much uncertainty. There was uncertainty before COVID about things like if you're getting a handmade tile, I can't tell yep. you. I can't always tell you the timeline. I, we try and gauge it as much and leave the time, but delays happen, or mm -hmm. sometimes you get the wrong. They, they deliver the wrong color. I mm -hmm. can't prevent that, you know. So uh, yeah, the COVID recovery has been tough, and we're getting back into it. I mean, it's only going in the right direction, I think. But uh, yeah, even the stuff that wasn't COVID related, it, it's it's always a balancing act, and and being so diplomatic about it, and yep. having to be the bearer of some difficult news. On, mm -hmm. on projects because you do sometimes have to hold uh, hold people up on the job and you that's not great news to have to deliver. Right. I always say we're we're like the doctors having to deliver bad news, you yeah. know. But uh, just like anything else in your health, you know, you, you take that news and you do what you can <laughs> to spin it positively. Yeah, and that's what we try and do. Like you have to you have to make it fun because first of all is decision fatigue with the amount of decisions that we have to make. Yes. And if you're like me, when a client calls or a vendor, more importantly, a um, trade calls you and you know they're on the job, like your chest just gets tight because you're like, please just tell me you're just calling to say hi and not that there's a problem. <laughs> But, yeah, just let me know you're just checking in and saying, wow, this is really great or something. Don't, please right. don't tell me, you know. And then, right. And it's it's just... I think I've learned a lot of patience, but I also learned how to deliver, um, you know, not so great news like, hey, there's a delay. And I'm, honestly, that's how I start out when people are, you know, we're just like doing the dance. Do we want to work together? Like, I can't drive home enough about delays. I was like, right. whatever your expectation is, please. I said, before I pro probably could get out good, could get out in and out, excuse me, within six months to a year, year and a half. I was like, now I'm probably going to be with you for two to three years. Right. Unless we're right. doing a build, you know, a new build all the way. But if it's just renovating your house, like I could kind of get through that. But yeah, like right. I'm living well, it the now. The other thing is things have been done more. And I feel like the last couple of years in phases. And that's mm -hmm. not necessarily because the client asked for that. But I was like, okay, let's focus on 
getting the kitchen, the kitchen cabinets and things like that. But during COVID, the appliances were at such a shortage. We would be finishing kitchens and they would still have their old dishwasher and fridge in there. Yeah. And I can't shoot it. We don't feel like we're finished. We're oh. still hanging on. That's hard too when you're in dribs and drabs. Mm-hmm. You don't, you want to close the book. Yep. But you and you can't. can't always do that. Or, you know, or there are delays in upholstery that have been affecting us. And it's like, uh, you know, I, I'm getting living room chairs and I've been done with the project for six months. <laughs> I still want the chairs, you know? So, I mean, they agreed and they knew uh, about the delay because they wanted them. And that's, that's always better when the client agrees that, yes, I will wait, but it doesn't always feel like you can close a project because those pages are still there. You know, there are still some open items and it's like, uh, you know, um, and that just opens it up to just more project management and, you know, across many clients. So that's, you, we struggle with that too. And then, you know, even when the client says, oh, you know what, let's just add the draperies now in that room because we're still, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My white, I have six other projects now, you know. Uh, so, and some things really take a lot of time, like window treatments. It's that's, that's really one of our most time intensive, you know, tasks is window treatments. So that's, it's a balancing act for sure. Well, it's funny too, because I, I love when you have to talk about pricing to clients and I'm always gobsmacked by how much they think drapery should cost. And when I show right. them the actual bill, they're like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, are you going to make them? Cause I'm not, do you know how right. much work goes into that? I was like, that's basically like tailoring. And yeah. I said, the amount of detail that goes into that, I said, you could get some store-bought ones and they will look store-bought, but that's right. not, you know, what I do or, you know, what I would want for your home. And that's not why you hired me. You saw my right. website. There's everything I do is custom. You know, especially my my window treatments, I don't play with that. But it's just right. it's very interesting meeting people and then you're like, oh, they tell you their budget. I'm like, I'm gonna tell you what your budget is. I'll right. show you. I know window treatments. I think of of all of the things we do. That's so that that it, it's one. It's a sometimes a tough sell because mm-hmm. it is a higher price, and it's definitely the a sticker shock for people because they they do not expect it to be but uh, once they get the the nice thing is once they commit and they get a custom window treatment they do see the difference between because i've been in many situations where clients have you know gotten a ready-made panel and the the problem is like this panel is shorter than this panel and then it's like can you hem it you know da 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 or they want pinch plates and things like that and we end up doing we have done with our drapery uh, workroom where they have hemmed and fixed and you know existing treatments but i was like oops this point we might as well have made them yeah yeah with all the adjustments that we've had to make so yeah we we don't do a lot of ready-made with clients uh, anymore because of all those issues and we tr- we try and sell it as you know it, it is a it is a luxury product but it is uh, I think it's one of the most uh important parts of a room and it makes the most impact it's like saying paint or wallpaper making it I think the window treatments are number three in that list yeah I'm always like oh what you think your big ticket item is that's not going to be it I'll show you <laughs> And they're like, what? It's not the sectional. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, mm, no, that's going to be a cakewalk for you. I'm yeah, going to show you yeah. some other things that's just going to make you sit down and scratch your head, but you'll love it so much. You'll just be like, go with it. And right. that's what we do. And here we are turning your house into a home. Okay. This has been really great. We know how many tries we have done with this. <laughs> 
but we got it we got it and people she just came back from high point so she's being very gracious to me to do this interview because if you're a designer and go Oh my God. Yeah. Everyone's like, Oh my God, you're going to high point. It must be so much fun. I'm like, it's work people. It's right, work. Right. You're, you're... I need a vacation after. That's what I should do. Like, yes. right after I should <laughs> like that plane. You're right. That plane should go to like Aruba, Cozumel, <laughs> like somewhere other than home because you just need to detox. Because here's the other thing. When you land now, you're like, Oh, I got to get back to work and I get client stuff. And it's funny. Uh-huh. It's just so much, but listen, I love it. It has Me its too. moments like anything else. <laughs> it is what it is and i just have to it keep is. moving so before yeah, we go please keep moving forward. that's it one foot in front of the other before we go please tell the lovely people where they can find you you can find us on my website it's foldingchairdesign.com and our instagram handle is the same thing folding chair design i just love that name you are so brilliant <laughs> thank I, you so much I, I really appreciate your time and you're thank so you welcome. it was a pleasure <laughs> we are forever connected Yes, we are. Have a good one. Thanks, you too, Gail. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Design Perspectives podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gail M. Davis. I really appreciate you listening. Please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It is super important. It will help people to find where we are located. And... The Design Perspectives podcast is also available on Design Network Platform. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day.